It's my privilege to welcome to the platform tonight just a dear friend of mine. Pastor's one of the greatest churches in, in northeast of, of Atlanta, in Flyer Branch Covenant Connections. I've known Pastor David for many, many, many years. Yeah. We love him at the North Georgia Revival. We love his family. We love his precious wife, Stephanie, and his two children. But I'm telling you, every time that he preaches, he brings the Word of God. He brings a now word of the Holy Spirit. Would you help me welcome? Would you stand back to your feet for just a brief moment? Help me welcome Pastor David Edmondson to the platform tonight. Amen. Give God praise if you love him. A little bit louder if you really love him. Hallelujah. Give somebody a high five before you sit down. Glory to God. God is good. He is good. Well, you know, I was, as Pastor said, I get the awesome opportunity to pastor Covenant Connections Church there in Flowery Branch, Georgia, and uh, the greatest people in the world, and I thank God for them. I had a message this morning. I've been preaching the last few weeks, uh, I guess, leading our people, uh, talking about potential, and don't put a period behind your potential. There are certain things we can do that we put a period behind our potential. Not God, we do it. And I had this great message I was going to preach this morning, and I was going to use the, the y'all know those monkeys, one of them has his hands over his eyes and his mouth and his ears, and I was going to say you got to see potential, speak potential, and hear potential. Boy, it's, it's a good message. And all during the altar, the worship, I wrestled with the Lord because God was telling me I'm coming for their idols. I'm, I'm coming for their idols. Tell them don't sit on that. I was like, well, I'm not understanding, Lord. And he said, just tell them don't sit on that. So I just gave a message this morning, just never opened my Bible. I just limped through a message. I don't know about you, but I'm desiring the day when our preachers limp on stage. I've lived through the days where our pastors, our preachers are, you know, in nice suits and their grammar is perfect and their Three points and a punt are perfect. Their messages are perfect. The hermeneutics is perfect. The, everything's perfect. The service is perfect. But we leave, came bound and we left bound. But the Bible says Jacob had an encounter with God that during that encounter, he, 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 he walked into the account, encounter perfect straight up, but when he left the encounter, he had a limp. I want to know when the last time your pastor limped on stage. 
We're not limping on stage because we're not having encounters with God. Because we're, we're spending our time trying to find a new sermon. God, give me a message where I can help better their life. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor, I was in church there and I was trying to transition the service, Pastor Karen, and God said, I want you to tell the people they've prostituted my blood. I can feel right now some of you are going, I thank God I don't go to Covenant Connection Church. My God. They've prostituted my blood. See, we live in a time where we convince people to get born again by, by making them promises of how much better their life is going to be. If you want a better life, Jesus died for you. If you, if you want to get out of debt, just be born again. If you, if you want a new car, I know the pimp that can get it done. Now, y'all knew me before y'all ever came tonight, so don't act surprised. That's what we've done with salvation is we've prostituted the blood. But I grew up on the old blood, the, the, the wet blood that said, listen, if you want to be born again, it's going to cost you your life. Because gee, the, the blood didn't, wasn't shed to buy you a Mercedes. The blood wasn't shed to buy you a new house. The blood wasn't shed to make your marriage perfect. The blood was shed for your sin and your iniquity. And your weed bag. But we prostituted the blood. So tonight I had this great message. It's down there under my seat. And I was going to tell you that we're marked by God. I'm not going to share much with you because I may preach it next time. <laughs> but I stood right there and the Lord said, No, sir, you tell them I'm coming for their idols. So if you're here from Covenant Connections Church, forgive me for being redundant, repetitive, and possibly boring. But the same idols God came to Covenant Connections Church for this morning, He's coming to the North Georgia Revival for tonight. I'm not going to be long and I'm not going to bore you long, but let me just tell you what God said. Jacob in the Old Testament, we, we understand a guy asked me the other day who knows nothing, uh, nothing about Christianity. He was raised in Catholic church, Presbyterian church, and I think he went through the gamut of churches. Baptist, and I don't know what he is now. He lost. He said, why do we even have the Old Testament? I said, oh my God. Because the Old Testament shows us the person of Christ. He's all through the Old Testament. Jacob is... is, is, is a typology, he is an image, an old covenant image of Jesus. See, he was sent out one day looking for a bride. He goes to the land of a man named Laban and out walks the most beautiful thing he had ever seen in his life. The name was Rachel. Rachel. 
She walks out. Jacob picks his jaw up off the floor. And he realized, this is my bride. He goes to her father Laban. They make an agreement. Work for her for seven years. I'm going to give her to you. So we know the story. They make that agreement that night through the wedding process when Rachel was supposed to come in with Jacob. She had a sister named Leah who your Bible said was lazy-eyed. She wasn't as pretty as Rachel. Are you here? Rachel represents the church, the body of Christ, the bride that Jesus went looking for. She also, even in, in more depth, she actually represents Israel. Leah represents the Gentile church. I got time to get into all that, but watch this. So Jesus came, Jacob came for Rachel. He ends up with Leah. Your Bible says... That he was intimate or he, he was with Leah all night. All night. Laid in bed with her. Was with her all night. And never knew that it was Rachel or Leah. That it wasn't Rachel. Now, I don't know about you, but that caused me a problem. Because your Bible says he woke up in the morning... After all his fanatics and fun, wakes up and goes, that ain't even the girl I wanted. This is the 21st century American church. We come to church. We're needing the presence of God. We're needing the anointing that destroys the yokes. We go through our services only to find out we came, we saw, and it wasn't even what we needed. I'm going somewhere, just stay with me. So, he wakes up, realizes he had been conned. He goes back to Laban, he says, fine, work seven more years for me. They make that covenant. So about 20 years passes by. On the way to meet Rachel, Jacob has an encounter with God at a place called Bethel where he laid his head on a rock and he, look, he goes to sleep and he sees a ladder coming from the heaven to the earth and angels, ministering spirits, ascending and descending. We call the story Jacob's Ladder. You've heard of it? He has it there. God tells him, this is the place that I'm going to bring you. Everyone in here, God has a Bethel for you. He has a place, he has a life that he has died for. And that Jesus is interceding for, for you. And it's not a wretched old sinful bound up life. It is a life of freedom it is a life of joy. It is a life of healing. It is a life of peace. How can you say that, Pastor? You don't know me. Because Jesus said it in his word. 
Isaiah said he'll be wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace will be placed on him and by his stripes we will be healed. I don't know about you, but I felt a release in that moment that tonight we can place a demand on the words of Isaiah and anything in our life that doesn't match up with that, we can command it to change tonight in this water. Now watch this. God said, I'm going to bring you back to Bethel. I'm going to bring you back to this place. He works 20 years, about 20 years. And all of a sudden, God comes to him and says, now's the time for transition. Now's the time I want you to transition back to Bethel. So Jacob takes Rachel and Leah and, the, and his concubines and his kids and without Laban knowing, they set off to Bethel. Now watch this. I told our church this morning, it's very true. You that are watching me, listen to this. Never be afraid of transition. We, we hate the valleys, we love the mountains. But the valley nor the mountain is where the miracle ever happens. The miracle always happens in transition. It was in the hands of the disciples that the five loaves and the two fishes multiplied. Not when Jesus had it and blessed it. Not when they gave the, the, the baskets to the 12-year-old boy. It was in the transition in the hands of the disciples where the miracle happened. Are you here? The miracle happened of crossing the Red Sea, not on Egypt's side and not on the promised land side, but in the transition. You got to understand that when you're in a transition, God has prepared you for a miracle. Are you here? So God, said, God says, I want you to go to Bethel. They're starting to go to Bethel. Now watch this. In the middle of transition, Leah, Jacob, all of his children, all of his cattle, because by this time he done broke the bank of Laban. Because everything, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Because everything, Laban changed his wages 10 times. Right? He comes to him and he says, look, every time there's an animal born that's got stripes on it, it's yours. All the other animals are mine. Guess what happened? From that day forward, all the animals were born with stripes on them. So Laban goes, my God, I'm losing money. Goes back to Laban and says, or, or Jacob and says, look, we're changing things. Now, if they're spotted, they're yours. Everything else is mine. Every animal born had spots on it. Ten times. Do you know the secret to that? Covenant Connections, I didn't tell you the, this morning. But the Holy Spirit just reminded me Jacob's secret. You want to know what it was? Every time Jacob, Laban changed Jacob's wages. Watch this now. He would go to where the animals would feed and would mate. Watch this now. And if the striped animals was his, he would go to where they would feed and they would mate, he would take sticks and he would cut stripes on the sticks. So when they would feed themselves and mate with each other, what was in front of them got in them. 
Do you know why there's so much sin in the church? Do you know why there's so lack of anointing in the church? Why why the church is participating in divorce just like unchurched people? And there's just as much sickness and disease and COVID in the church as in the unchurch. You want to know why? Because we're not we're not feeding them the word of God. We're reproducing just like the world. Then when he would change his, 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 his uh, wages to spots, he would go and grab sticks and carve spots on the sticks. And when they would feed, when they would breed, he would put it in front of them because what's in front of you will get in you. Who you hang out with is who you're going to become. What you watch and put in your eyes will come out of you. I'm almost done. Listen to me. So he changed his way. So now Jacob's leaving with everything. And as they're leaving, watch this now. As they're in transition, Rachel looks around. She makes sure everybody's good and everybody, you know, she's been a good Christian girl. She was looking the part and put her little dress on and perfume and made sure everybody was good and then she snuck off back to her daddy's house and grabbed his idols and said I can't leave without the idols goes and gets back in the caravan and here we go Jacob has no idea the church is hiding idols he has no idea as they're, he's transitioning the people to God's promised place that his wife has idols. And your Bible said, watch this now, as we fast forward, Laban comes and he finds them on their journey. And he says, why have you taken my children and my grandchildren and all my cattle? Why have you taken everything from me and didn't even tell me? And Jacob said, because you're a trickster. He said, my God, I wasn't going to argue with you. God told me to leave and I'm leaving and I don't have time to argue about it. Some of us need a Jacob attitude when we go into work tomorrow or when we go home tonight. That we bring an atmosphere of Jacob in our home and say, listen, bless God. God said straighten it up and that's what we're going to do. Watch this now. So Laban said, well, I understand that, but why did y'all steal my idols? Jacob said, I haven't stole your idols. Matter of fact, Whoever stole your idols, may they be put to death. Jacob said, check everything. So here goes Laban checking for his idols. And I think it's very ironic that he checks Jacob's, he checks his grandchildren, he checks Leah, he checks, and, 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 and the least one that he could imagine that would steal his idols would be his precious Rachel. You know, the one that always 
says the right thing and does the right thing and looks the right way. It was, it was his youngest daughter, the precious one, that he waited till last because he never would have thought she would be carrying idols. And he goes to her and Rachel says, hold up, dad. Please oblige me. I can't stand up off the camel furniture because it's my time of the month. That's what she says. She says, as the custom of women is, she was giving an excuse because she had hid the idols under the camel furniture, the camel saddle that she was sitting on. And she knew if she stood up, her idols would be found. So whether she was, it was her time of the month or not, we'll never know. But this is the excuse she gives to hide her idols. I am in the fertilization cycle of my life. Stay with me, I'm being very prophetic right now. I'm in this stage of fertilization and I can't get off my idols. We're in the middle of revival. People coming from Michigan. And God delivers them from marijuana while we sit here in Georgia. Watch this now. I know this is different. It's okay. You say, well, I don't like this sermon. Good, because I'm not preaching you a sermon. Watch this now. She said, I can't stand up, Dad. Forgive me. And he goes, oh, okay. Because we know. I ain't going to say that. Uh, he says, okay, okay. Now watch this. I was here last Sunday. Great service. Revival was wonderful. I pull out of the sanctuary here, Pastor Todd, and I'm driving down the road. And the Holy Spirit said to me, there are idols hidden in my house. At this time, I didn't know I was preaching tonight. He said, there's idols hidden in my house. And all of a sudden, now sometimes prophetically, God will give you a vision of something or you'll see something in your spirit, your mind's eye, and it is something specific. Sometimes you'll see something and it is a representation of a bigger thing. Are you with me? So all of a sudden in my spirit, follow me and don't hate me right yet. Don't, don't hate me. But as soon as the Spirit said, there are idols in my house, I saw a Starbucks cup. I really did. I saw Starbucks cups up under the seats. And you say, well, what the world? That got to mean it's just coffee. Well, we all know that that little logo on those cups is proven. It is proven to originate from a demonic symbol. Now you can argue with me all you want to. I ain't gonna argue with you. I'm telling you, it's proven. 
Well, he don't drink Starbucks and he just don't want to. I don't care if you drink Starbucks or not. I'm just telling you what I saw. It ain't about the cups. It's a bigger issue. And then all of a sudden I saw monster drinks. We've seen the YouTube videos. How the three shapes are the six letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Vav, 666. And that those drinks have on them the F word two times has a cross in a circle, so when you turn it upside down, the cross is upside down. We under, we, we've seen these things. I saw, I just saw, I saw my, and then it, I saw dollar bills. See, I can get everybody, because we all at least got a doctor, I mean a dollar, a Starbucks, or a monster drink in here. Everybody does, somebody does. Your dollar bill is probably the mo, one of the most idolatry uh, ridden documents on the face of the earth with a CNI star and a pyramid. And you go, oh God, here he goes. He's going to get all extreme. No, I'm telling you what I saw. It wasn't about the dollar. It wasn't about the Starbucks cup. It wasn't about the monster drink. It was about the enemy comes in very mischievously. You understand? He comes in very subtly. He don't come in with trumpets. He don't come in with shofars. That's Jesus when he comes back. But the enemy comes in real slow. And he says things like, that's not sin. That, that, that's not sin. You, you, you can drink that. It's not sin. Matter of fact, Jesus said, John came neither eating and or drinking and you didn't like him and I, Jesus, the Son of Man, come eating and drinking, and you call me a gluttonous and a wine-bibber. Uh-oh. But anyways, that's not sin. And so we go, oh, well, then I can do that. I didn't come to deal with sin tonight. I come to deal with idols. There are idols we have in our life that God is wanting to take us into Bethel, but he's not going to allow us to go into Bethel if we have the idols. Because Jacob and them get right to Bethel. They get right to Bethel, to the edge of the homeland, and God comes down to Jacob and says, now listen, go to the people and tell them, destroy their idols. Jacob's like, I didn't even know they had any idols. Let me fast forward and end this thing. Why are you good and mad at me? Rachel. Do you know it's a, it's a, it's a Jewish, it was a Jewish custom that women, when they were in their cycle, that there was only certain furniture they could sit on. Only certain furniture they could lay on. Only certain garments that they could wear. And we teach, and it's one-sided true, that the reason is because of the process of their body and, and, and cleanliness. That is one thing. But also, Jew, Jews understood... How can I put this? It is, it is, a, it is a spiritual reference or or image for a woman not only not to sit places but also 
It was, it was important and created for her where to sit places. Because they, they believed that when she would sit, it was a spiritual access to her womb. So when Jacob comes and Rachel decides to place under her those idols, we look at it and go, oh, well, she just sat on it to hit them to save her life. No, spiritually. I come to tell you, don't sit on that. Spiritually, when she sat on that, and if it was her time of the month, which is her most, most fertile time, Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't like 12-year-old kids. Your third grader learned this already. And y'all going, oh God, I just, I, don't, I just didn't want to hear this at church. That's why, you know why? Because you, you shut up. Listen to me. I got the microphone. I'm going to be done in a minute. Listen, brother. When she sat on it, Spiritually, she was giving access to her womb. And when we choose, when God comes to us, and he says, I want your idol, and we say, it's not sin. But God, it's not sin. When God comes to us and says, I want your mouth, And we say, well, I mean, it's just words. Curse words, it's, it's just words. It's not sin. He's not concerned with your image at that point. He's concerned with his image. And you're wearing your Christian shirts and your Christian hats and telling everybody you're a son or a daughter of God, but your mouth don't line up with what you're saying. It may not be sinful, but it is adulterous because you don't, you won't tame your tongue. You'd rather sit on it. I knew I wasn't going to get no amens. Pastor, you better be glad you took up the offering before I got up. So she sat on it, Pastor Marty, and lied. She said, I'm in my fertile season. Not knowing that when she sat on those idols, she put a period at the end of her potential. Because just a few months later, just before she went into the promised Bethel area, you know who the only one in this whole process that didn't get into Bethel was? Rachel. And watch this. She gets impregnated. You know how she died? Giving birth. You say it's just a coincidence. No, it's because she didn't watch what she sat on. She didn't watch what she hid. She put a period behind her potential because she classified it as not being sin. Prove it to me in the Bible. It's sin. Word about sin. I came for your idols. There's idols hidden in the house. There's idols hidden in the house. You know what's going to happen in that water tonight? 
they some skirts going to fly up, not in the natural, in the spirit. Because God's coming for your idols. He's coming. Now, I do want to correct one thing as I close. And I've said it. Our brother said God took it from me, and I understand it. Because when you get to that point, smoking a half ounce of weed a day for 20 years, God's got to take the taste out of your mouth. And evidently he did. <laughs> but listen, your idols, you have to give to him. Your sin, he'll cover. He'll remit them. He'll cast them far as the east is from the west. But his idols, you got to deal with. Your idols, you got to deal with. Are you here? You got to be willing to get up and go, God, I've been sitting on that. I was, come on up, praise team. I, I'm done. I was up uh, last night. Stephanie was, I told our church, Stephanie was gone to Hobby Lobby. Matter of fact, next time you go to Hobby Lobby, I need some patches for my pants because the, the holes keep ripping. Give me some patches. She's at Hobby Lobby. Reagan's wherever. Up there shooting videos of herself. And Noah's out doing whatever Noah does. I'm laying out back by myself, Pastor Marty, minding my own business. I wasn't praying. I wasn't asking God for a word. Minding my own business. And the Lord said, Hey! I said, not now. <laughs> I'm trying to watch the movie. He said, hey, because I knew, just like that guy, Brother Nick, I knew what he was coming for. He said, hey! I said, yes, Lord. He said, I want that. And you know what come over me, Pastor Marty? I've been in this thing a while and I've made God promises and made God commitments and I failed at them. And I looked at the Lord and I said, God, I want to give it to you. But I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to say I'm never going to do this again and fail you. I don't want to hurt you. Isn't it funny how your flesh will try to talk you out of things? And just like only God can do, he said, son, don't sit on it. Don't sit on it. Because if you keep sitting on it, it's going to kill what's inside of you. It may not be sin. Paul said, I'm going to, I challenge you to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. It might not be sinful. You might not can prove it in the Bible. But is it an idol? How do I know? When God says, get up, do you stay sitting down? And I looked up laying on that couch outside. And I began to weep. I said, God, take it from me. Take it. You say, what is it? Ain't none of your business. 
ain't none of your business. It's just between me and God. And you know what he told me, Pastor Todd, and I wish, please, get this as I'm done. Stand to your feet. Please. I wish, Pastor Todd, every pastor, every leader, every Christian will get what I'm about to tell you. Earlier in the day, God reminded me of what He told me when I left here last week. He said, there's idols hidden in my house. It's subtle. So last night, He said, I want you to preach on their, I'm coming for their idols. And I said, God, I can't. I can't preach that because I'm sitting on something. See, we're not used to this. We're used to the fake Broadway preacher. And that's what's made a fake church. We don't we we freak out when preachers really just talk to us. I said, God, I, I'm not gonna get up there and demand them to get up off their idols when I'm sitting on one myself. And he said, Well, give it to me. I said, Can't you give me another sermon? I did. I was like, Lord, just give me another message. He said, no. We can fix this. Give me what you're sitting on and then go preach and let me free my people. So I said, all right. So tonight, he wants your idols. This isn't to sinners, even though there's maybe some sinners in this place and you need to give your heart to Jesus. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Todd. He can, he's going to handle that for us tonight. This message is for church people. He's wanting to get us to Bethel. You understand what I'm saying? He wants to use us in a mighty way, and he's going to. But you got to get up off your idols. You got to give it to him. Amen. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Todd. I want to pray for you. I want to let him handle the rest of the, the altar call and everything. But I will tell you in these waters, God's going to demand you to stop sitting on some things. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that this word, though it's so different, it's out of the normal. It's a little weird. May the anointing that's upon it destroy every yoke of bondage. We refuse tonight to sit on our idols. We're going to get up because we're, we don't want to be impregnated with the death that those idols bring. We want to protect the womb of our spirit to only bring forth your promises and purposes for our life. So as these altars are open and Pastor Todd leads us, we give our idols to you in Jesus' name.